Hello and welcome to the Jabroni Show on CFRC 101.9 FM. And not as per usual, we're switching things up today because of the All-Star Game. We're recording a little later. It's just about to, the second half is just about to begin. So we may or may not hit the end of it during the uh, during this show. But if not, we'll give you guys as much live commentary and updates on the shows we've seen so far, as far as the skills competition, um, the dunk competition, the three-point competition, and some of the gameplay. But I think I want to start things off with saying, how is it going this evening, Evan? Good. Little little switch up on the action. I'll bring you a little live action with this one. Um yeah, it's good. I'm looking forward. Um, the bigger news I wanted to talk about really quickly: Blake Griffin to the Nets. That was like a that was a it was a nice little news piece this afternoon. Started off the night well, I thought. That was fast, eh? Yeah, I mean, it made it made sense that like teams would want that would want like Blake like. Regardless of like like he's just trying to win like a championship at this point, he's not going to be selfish. And like I don't know what the contract deal is, but I know Brooklyn has a huge injury exception because of the Spencer Dinwiddie torn ACL. So I think they're like able to sign him, and it's like it doesn't hurt hurt their money situation. And from what I heard, he's just like he's looking. They agreed on his role would be like a small ball center off the bench. Like of course he'd I'd hope he'd play over twenty minutes. But um, I just like a nice deal for both sides. I swear we were. I was when I was having I think breakfast. Maybe like it was a late breakfast, but with my housemates, they're like casually dropped. Oh yeah, Blake kind of has to go somewhere soon. I was like, yeah, I'll probably just go to Brooklyn, and it happened. It was kind of I spoke to it into existence. I I know what you mean. I mean, the other night I was talking with my buddy about it. And we were, we were saying, okay, so we think probably he's going to go to one of the L.A. teams, uh, mm-hmm. Brooklyn, and maybe, I don't even know where else. But we were, we were like, honestly, he's going to actually get playtime in Brooklyn. Brooklyn not only wants him, but they also need him at this point. And the question I kind of have for you is, do you think the Blake we saw in Detroit this year, which was quite honestly broken down, to the point yeah. where his play and his defense just unfortunately isn't where anywhere it was last year or or anywhere near his career uh, career middle ground. Do you think that's maybe just a symptom of playing in Detroit, if you will? Do you think he has a bit more to give than we've seen so far this season? So I definitely think uh, it's it's a really tough debate because like there's no hiding it. This year he's been more than terrible, like more than terrible. And then last year he was pretty bad although last year he was actually apparently just he only played 20 games or so but he was just injured the whole time apparently and played really poorly in those games regardless but the year before that i thought he had his best year ever as a piston like it was not the year he got traded to the team but the year like after like his first full year with the team he was he was amazing with them i had never seen blake play better so like it, thinking it's only two years removed yeah but then you also think like he hasn't he hasn't had a dunk this season yet so really if he isn't athletic then like the modern nba big honestly like they're athletic and they can shoot so it's like 
he he gives you that little bit of creation on offense that I feel like other people just can't give you just because he's Blake Griffin. But like, if that athleticism truly is gone, like that's that's a bit of an issue because we haven't seen it for two years now, and he's now what like thirty. So I don't know. Things change is all I'm saying. Thirty one. I mean, the thing with Blake is there's definitely a wild card factor to it to the point where he could definitely just hit some regression to the, like, I don't even, I mean, the injuries and history say otherwise, just as players get all older, obviously they don't have a bounce back, but I wouldn't, I mean, Detroit, it would be, I feel like it would be hard to give you all in Detroit in a season like this on one of the last place teams. I'm not saying he's purposely losing, but I feel like in a situation like Brooklyn in Brooklyn, where he's surrounded with the guys that are there, Kyrie, I mean, uh, Harden, Durant, he's going to get a lot, like a way better opportunity to have success than he would at Detroit and way more motivation. I don't know if that'll be a a factor in it. And then even still, he can still kind of shoot threes to the point where he can be useful in some, some sort of role. Yeah. Like bypass anything. It's just like, it's a great depth move for Brooklyn because Obviously, you have to play him a bit, but if like it's not his night or they're getting destroyed on defense, like you don't you don't have to play him. He's not like you didn't give anything for him, and you're like you're just maxing out your roster. I feel like there's times where he could benefit from like a DeAndre Jordan type role, and like DeAndre Jordan, I don't know. Like I think it's just I think it's just a smart move. Like why why wouldn't it make sense for like you said both kind of sides? Um, but what's what will be satisfying is you definitely know that Brooklyn's going to end up making this long playoff run, and there will be like some game in there where Blake just like just drops like thirty. Uh, that I am looking forward to because you know he still has he still has an ounce of it in him. He has to. I mean, I think it was not too long ago we were talking about how Blake's kind of expanded his shooting range, and he's kind of the arc you want to look at as some of these dunkers as they lose their athletic ability what you got to do to continue to survive in the nba like his 2018-19 season he was unbelievable like he was great yeah yeah it feels like mate why did it feel like it was so easy for brooklyn to sign them because it almost like yeah it didn't necessarily really make sense for the lakers or clippers to sign him but at the same time it's like just out of fear of your opponent at a certain point like the Lakers like who knows it seems like there wasn't a huge push around the league to sign him I don't know maybe like maybe they just knew that he wanted to go play with DeAndre and the boys in Brooklyn like he could have just not like he could have just seen himself in a role there talked to DeAndre about it maybe like maybe not tampering you know what I mean but <laughs> yeah in that regard like it could have already been set in stone and he People could have asked, but he just is like, maybe I'm just going to Brooklyn. Have the yeah, best the people, team ever is 2012. Yeah, now that you mention it, the um, dark NBA Twitter was saying that there's too much, there's too much like poor, like between now Blake and DeAndre, there's too much like like poor, like bad wizardry, like, like black magic around the Nets now for it to work. Like, that's what'll do it. The Clippers, the Clippers connection will tip them over the scale. So that's the bad magic that's gonna put tip the scale. 
yeah, it's this crazy magic, man. It's it's just slowly amounting until it pops. But no, the 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 nets the nets probably won't pop. The nets are blessed. I mean, while you're on the topic of that old Clippers magic, I kind of want to get your opinion on the Phoenix Suns so far this year. I think one of the top teams in the West right now, Chris Paul and Devin Booker have both looked great. I mean, DeAndre Aiden, you were hating on him. He's doing pretty good. He's doing pretty good. How do yeah. you feel about the Phoenix Suns' long-term vision this season? I don't know. Do you know what my thought was about the Phoenix Suns the other day, though? I like they're a good team. They're really well balanced. They have big men. They have like even like they have depth, man. Like guys like Sarge, Cam Johnson, like and man, yeah. Like if you're trading, if your team signs a trade for jay crowder they're just going to end up having a really good regular season record and they're going to be competitive in the playoffs it feels like every year it's been this year for how many years and then like but the final point i want to make was that how like dumb do does and this is my point about chris paul now how dumb does milwaukee look for not trying to hard trying harder to trade for him because uh, like past like past injury history which drew holiday and chris paul now kind of in a way have an equal amount of Chris Paul is so clearly the better player and like the better player in the playoffs. And I know like whatever, but like to think that Milwaukee see, I, it seemed like they were cold footed to give all that huge package for Chris Paul, but they were like non hesitant to do it for Drew holidays. Like kind of sketchy to me. I think it just has to do with Chris Paul's age. And I understand that, um, the Suns are kind of in a similar position, but I think Milwaukee was really worried about that long-term future with Giannis, especially with how much they gave up for Drew Holiday. Yeah, but if I'm if I'm Giannis and if I'm on Milwaukee, like regardless of what others think, I think that I have the best player in the league, and I'm going to do all I can this year to get him a, to get to a championship. Like that's my that's my mindset. Like, why is Milwaukee? Like, it seems like Milwaukee's just like playing, like played too much of a long game. It was just a weird negotiation, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. And some other guys I want to point. I mean, not some other guys. A other guy I want to point on on Phoenix, who's had a great year this year, is Mikel Bridges. Mm-hmm. Who I mean, he did. I believe he said he doesn't like the term, but as far as three and D and that kind of whatever that role is for that guy who perfectly complements the superstars on the team. He can make the stops when needed. He'll hit the important shots when it's his time to hit that shot and just does all the little things that needs to be done on the court when you're trying to compliment and be that kind of Robin to the Batman. Yeah. And another like, now that you mentioned Phoenix, like a good job of drafting recently. It's like, it's nice to see when a team like drafts properly because like well they couldn't do anything with Booker for long. They did acquire they did got Aiden to the draft and Aiden's a good starting center. He's in he's an above average starting center. And then you get uh Bridges through the draft who's like so valuable. He provides a crowder type role. Like you can and then you you like you have enough money to surround them. Like that's pretty that's pretty good front office work too. And the, the used to be bright future now. Uh, the bright future suns are pro- finally 
shining and i think it's great to see the results and i wonder how they'll do in the playoffs against some of these top contenders who maybe might not be trying as hard in the regular season as a team like the suns that are still establishing themselves Hmm. i feel like it would be tough to like imagine phoenix like ducking off out of a i don't know like five seed i feel like they're going to be top five seed which is the case they'll get a good playoff matchup honestly like you hope they don't run into either the LA teams, obviously, or I don't know how much they'd mind Utah, but maybe they'd face someone like San Antonio. Like I could see them. I definitely can't see them beating any of the the three teams. Actually, maybe Utah, but like I'm I'd I'd be willing to see a one round, like a nice one round one. My thing is like I just feel like it's still we'll still never see like CP in a finals. It doesn't feel like this Phoenix team's even close still, or will be soon. As much as they do have the second best record in the West, I agree with you when you say that. I don't know if I'd consider them a true contender with the, some of those other teams like the Clippers and the Lakers. And I think I could say the Jazz now at this point, even though it seemed like you seemed a little down on them. Mm, I wouldn't say down on them. I just think like, these teams like there's so many examples of these teams and the rap like the raptors used to be one of these teams they're they're so clearly like regular season teams the hawks like lebron in seven games and Kawhi in seven games is 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 so different than a good regular season record i still think utah is just not over that hump and it like almost it's almost weird when you watch them because they play so well and they they cream opponent opponents they totally kill them like slow and long game and you're just like still like it's it's not like i don't know it just feels like it's not there although if if it's just lebron then like yeah no i'd consider utah much more of a contender like i'd still be scared if i was utah and saw denver in a series like i don't i I don't know what's happening i'm giving the upper edge to utah but not a huge one i mean that's fair and as far as that kind of slander that Utah, uh maybe not giving them that edge you're talking about do you want to talk a little bit about the um nba all-star draft that kind of preceded the game and the utah slander that supposedly was going on then and there yeah i i mean it seemed like an unnecessary shot by lebron i felt like everyone kind of knew it but definitely not worthy of saying um i feel like i played with uh, Malone and Stockton and 2K before. They're a dirty, uh, what's it called? Pick and roll. But honestly, yeah, not that great to play with. But um, I, I, as we're watching right now, I'm not sure you understand. I know them missing Durant is huge, and then obviously they got hit with Embiid and Simmons today. But how did LeBron beat Katie so, like, he beat him by miles in the draft. I can't believe LeBron has all these players. Like Le- LeBron and Giannis on the same roster together also is like an insane concept. Well, he did have the first pick for that one. And then yeah. he knew that KD was going to pick Kyrie. Yeah. The reason why it's broken for LeBron and the reason why he outdrafts every single year is because they don't do a snake draft. He has the do first pick all- and the third pick. Really? Yeah. But why does he always get why does he always get the first pick? Because the number one vote getter gets the number one pick. Oh, 
Damn, the NBA does crazy things to make sure they're like dudes. So, they're dudes. That's crazy. So LeBron's scheme can like so uh, like this is just my scheme, but this is what I was thinking when I was watching the draft. Is essentially LeBron, he can pick Giannis first, and then he knows that um Durant is gonna go Kyrie. So that's Steph second free. Like then he already gets Steph for free. And like he can just scheme this whole thing out. I feel like LeBron is so on top of this and he loves the draft and he loves picking players that yeah. he thinks about this more as much as he didn't want to be. He looks like he's having a great time here this weekend. Yeah. Against the point, but I think he's just on top of the draft and I love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's a good mention because Durant obviously has to pick Kyrie. He doesn't have another option. Like he's trying to like, He's trying to have a steady relationship with this guy. So it is like LeBron automatically getting two picks. And while, like, Kawhi is obviously amazing, like, he's not a good all-star pick, you know? I think Kyrie is a great all-star pick, to be fair. As far as an all-star team guy and a guy to just have as far as willing to go off take control and just get buckets in a situation just look off all these other superstars yeah yeah i guess i mean as far as a pick for an mvp or Mm. yeah yeah that's true i think he's i know he's won mvp before i feel like he's won it twice for some reason was he maybe MVP of the Rising Stars game? I don't know. But yeah, Kyrie does have that ability for sure. For sure. It's It's been... Well, we can kind of start with the first part of the evening, which was the skills. It's been like a weird, but like expectedly weird. and But like honestly, like kind of nice. I'm not going to say good, but like a nice like weekend or night rather, I'd say. Starting off with the skills challenge, which is never good, but like I don't mind seeing Sabonis win it and get a funny interview afterwards. Like that was hilarious. How many times did they ask him who he won it for? I was like, I want it for me. Like he was, that's what he was thinking. He was like, I want it for me, dog. Who? What are you talking about? The 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 report. Sorry, the reporter in the outfit also has a hilarious. Like that's a hilarious outfit with the mask. You notice she didn't wear the mask for the second time. I think. They, were, I don't know if he could he could hear her with the mask on, or something. Uh, damn, mask off. That's crazy. I didn't know that. But yeah, it's been starting with the skills. Like you agree with me, the skills is like never like Chris Paul missed a layup and won it like and lost on that. Like the skills is never good. I mean, the thing is, the best part was was the TNT guys commentating and. Yeah. betting with each other throughout the whole thing and talking trash and yeah that's that was the most enjoyable part of we did job. yeah but i yeah that and the sabonis interview was honestly two good parts of my night and then we bridged into the all-star game no we did the three-point we did do the three-point contest wow no way um yeah steph won that that was like the most mike conley thing ever to happen eh? Oh my gosh, no, of course. He's like so close. It looks like he's actually locked it in at one point. Yeah. To score 27 both rounds just for Steph to score, what, 34 and 28? 31 and 28, I believe. Oh but ridiculous scores. Yeah. Why didn't 
Man, I feel like they should have gotten this should be this should have been the one where they're like, man, whatever, like LeBron, you're in the contest. Like Donovan Mitchell, like he actually didn't perform that poorly, but like that's like it's crazy that he's in it. I mean I don't understand why Dame didn't do it. He should have done it. Dame should have done it. There's other guys. Uh I mean I don't know who else. Dame definitely should have done it. Doncic, I would have not hated to see in there. Like Yo-chick, CP. maybe that could be fun. Yeah, that would have been hilarious. I mean, yeah. the, with all these guys and such small, like it's not like you could pick like Duncan Robinson and like people like that this year. Like you could have just made had some fun picks. Mm-hmm. Like Kyrie should have been in there. That would have been fun. Yeah, it's a shame how although a bunch of these players would have. Um, or have declined. It's a shame how I feel like the NBA is very conscious of what fans want, but like do other likewise very often. And like, it's kind of just expected, but it's kind of annoying at the same time. Like you, you know what we want. Why not give it to us? I know. I know it. I mean, this speaking of things that we wanted were you happy with the nba all-star jerseys this year when they were revealed thank you for bringing that up so i'm sitting through like the first like entire like hour of like the skills all all the skills in three point i'm like why are these jerseys just indiana pacers jerseys i realized the game was supposed to be in indianapolis this year which made a lot of sense, but these are my favorite jerseys since I don't know when. Maybe the Toronto jerseys. I like these jerseys look so good, and it's just a weird thing to say. But like the, when jerseys look like the jerseys look good on the players. Like I don't know how to explain it. Like they just look cool, and the court's nice too. No, I'm totally on board with you too. I think these jerseys are unreal and right on board with the uh, best since Toronto. The font is great. The numbers look awesome on the back. Like you said, the graffiti on the court, it doesn't look crowded. It complements it perfectly. I'm, I think style-wise, they killed it this year. Yeah, my one... And they abandoned the traditional colors and did something fun and new. Yeah, my one... My only complaint would be um, the, the crowd noise. I don't know what you were watching on, but the crowd noise that they tried at the beginning was like, it gave me a ridiculous headache. It was one of the worst things I've ever heard. They toned it down after like the first quarter. I guess they realized people hate this. Um, Or maybe they just wanted to get people excited, but that was like, that was a serious conundrum. I Like the crowd noise for me, it was, it wasn't too much. Maybe I was watching on a different system or they had the volume set up differently, but I thought they were using it to almost like a meme effect and just playing it in just such awkward situations and right and just weird times and it just felt like you almost wanted to laugh. As I'm moving on, I'm saying with that kind of embarrassing thought, I want to go over some teams with you that maybe you think have overperformed on your expectations and then some that have maybe underperformed on your expectations. This season? So far at the All-Star break. Oh, All-Star break. Report cards. <laughs> My favorite. Um, overperforms. I feel like it's fair to say, obviously, Utah is overperforms. Their records 
they were regardless of their like track history and like we knew they were capable of doing something like kind of like this um having the best record in the league is super impressive and they have it by a decent stretch too so they have to be one of the overperformers uh other overperformers obviously the Knicks although on like all advanced not that it matters all advanced stat stuff show that like it's a miracle the Wicks the Knicks have won this many games like how that their play style is working and they don't have a they have a, like a pretty bad point differential so I'm kind of scared to what happens to them in the second half of the season I'm hoping for the best because I I think the Knicks are my second favorite team in the league right now mm. Uh, Denver is tough. Denver the Knicks, but like seven are they eighteen and sixteen or seventeen and sixteen? I mean, which it doesn't team? matter. The Knicks. The Knicks. The Knicks are currently sitting at nineteen and eighteen. Nineteen and eighteen, not even close. Like that's that doesn't that hasn't happened, and I feel like honestly five years since like the end of the mellow era like for them to be in a fifth seed of the playoffs and it's been fun to watch too to be honest Mm -hmm. yeah and as far as the d rose getting and playing some big minutes i mean i don't know how sustainable that is hopefully it is sustainable and Mm -hmm. then julius randall kind of blossoming in a way nobody really expected it and a way Mm -hmm. that like I honestly don't think I honestly think I can almost say nobody expected it last year. No, yeah, I I mean I personally looked at Julius Randle as this just like production guy, like oh we need a guy who can score, like this is our last resort, Julius Randle, and he's more than that. He's yeah, he's he's legit. I don't know if he's I actually he in a weird way looks like the most out of place guy at this All Star game, although. Yeah, to me at least. I mean, I think the flow of the All-Star game just makes it odd. And maybe he does. I I don't know. I haven't noticed him too much as far as sticking out. But as for my over and under performers, for my over performers, I'm going to go with LaMelo Ball on the Charlotte Hornets. I think people did have really high expectations of him. And I can say, I don't know if I had super high, but I definitely had high expectations for me to be saying that he's really good and very impressive at this point in his career. I mean, he's been able to start attacking the basket. All the things we were kind of questioning about him at the start is three-point consistency. How can he attack the basket? I mean, his ability to play his role, which people thought, oh, they'll have to make the whole franchise about him. He's played great with Gordon Hayward and all his teammates. He's a great passer. I mean, I don't know how we were worried about that, especially with his passing skills. And then as far as another overperformer for me, I mean, I don't want to go down the same route as I would say the Utah Jazz, but you have already mentioned them. And then I would also want to talk about the Suns, but we just did a nice little bit on them. So I want to move a little lower down, I mean, over to the Eastern Conference and go for the 76ers. I mean, people were wondering what was going to happen with the Seth Curry switch out, bringing bringing out Brett Brown and bringing in Doc Rivers. 
who's known for kind of bringing these teams together and making it work. Joel Embiid, what he was going to look like this season. All of them, I think, have looked better than we've expected. Has Philadelphia, would you say Philadelphia's met that overachieving area for you? Like by the books and on paper, yes, they're overperforming, overachieving, exceeding expectations. But I feel like this should have been their expectations for last year and the year previous. Regardless of what you say, like, and the pieces haven't always been quite like that, like there to be as good with Embiid and Simmons as they have right now. They feel like they, they have that figured out really well and they're letting them play well. But um, like between the coaching and it, like, it, it's a crazy, like how much that I swear changed their team. And I don't know, having, having more shooters has definitely helped, but like, I feel like they're just now reaching expectations. Like, is it, are, I feel like in past seasons, they've just like fallen below and they've also had injury problems too. But like, for me, this Philadelphia team isn't a surprise. I just feel like we should have been seeing this for the past three years. No, I think that's honestly a fair take to have as far as this team has had the potential to be at this level for an not an extended but for a couple previous years but now that we've seen them there i'm really excited for how they're going to continue to look in the future it's a shame Mm -hmm. it took too long to kind of unlock this level but you gotta i guess what philadelphia said at the start of it trust the process yeah and what's now nice too is that in previous years it felt like there was such an urgency and this year, it almost feels like you kind of look around and you realize, well, Toby's here on a big contract. So is Joel and Ben. So regardless, the core's probably going to stay the same. And then you have some young guys now, Tyrese Maxey, um, for example. Like, you're going to have Shake Milton. You're going to have some, like, continuity. And, like, you feel like you have just a, a, a good shot at this now for three years. So I'm, I'm curious where it goes to as far as before we get to underperformers overperformer for me, like just for me, I feel like he's almost kind of met people's expectations, but I thought he was going to have a down year. And I was like, I was like, I proudly said it Durant's overperforming. And I know we haven't seen him play for what feels like it's about a month now, but when he was playing, he was the second best player in the league behind LeBron and it seemed like clear he was playing at a ridiculously high level. It felt like he did seem so borderline unstoppable. Yeah, that's that would be my overperformer. I because I like probably was like, oh, like no way he he's like a top like six player in the league this year. Like it's a serious injury, but I was totally wrong. No, I agree with you that Durant has definitely overperformed and looked unbelievable coming back from this injury, and. Mm-hmm. Kind of now shifting into the underperformers for me. One of them, I think this might shock some of you guys, but it's the Washington Wizards. I mean, I was really high on them at the start of the season, and I'm eating my words right now. I was thinking, all right, they were in the play-in tournament last year. The East, although it is stronger, it's not that much stronger where they. I don't think they shouldn't be a top 10 team this year. And they added Russell Westbrook and the kind of the production he can add, even though he might not be the most efficient player. They didn't have John Wall last year, and they've just added Russell Westbrook. Now they've added Denny Advocate. They got David Bertans on the big contract. And I mean, I wasn't expecting them to 
maybe even win a playoff round. Definitely wasn't expecting them to win a playoff round or maybe even the play-in tournament, but I expected them to be there and not be this bad. That's for sure. Yeah, I, I thought they would be an eight seed as well. Unfortunately, Bertens playing terribly. Um, they lost Thomas Bryant at the start of the year. Um, injury troubles. Westbrook's been aberrant this year, to be honest. <laughs> Wild player. He has helped them win some crazy games recently, though. Um, it's just like it just hasn't worked at all, but it seems like for them to be the lowest seed in the conference is like extreme. That's like, that's crazy. Yeah. That's a good underperformer. Another one I'd add in the East who's like kind of similar type of vibe underperformer would be the Atlanta Hawks. And I know injuries too, but like there's a lot of talent there at every there's depth at every position at some point you like Trey Young has to make it kind of work and he he hasn't and they may have a great second half to the season with all their guys healthy and it seems like Danilo Gallinari is turning a corner um and Clint Capella's uh underrated kind of like add back to the roster and Hopefully, in a weird way, I feel like a John Collins trade would almost reset their juju. I feel like I I'm, I love John Collins. I think he's really good, but it, something feels like it's a bit odd there at some times. Um, well, I mean, he already said no to a ninety million dollar contract there, and I don't see how they're offering him more. Right? Yeah. So that just seems like it's weird to me. So yeah, it's a weird situation. Injuries, a lot of change. Just had coaches hired and fired but like it's Trey Young's third third year in the league like it's it's, it's starting to look like uh like a, he's kind of like a bottom feeder so I'll I'll do the Hawks and Trey Young as uh, some underperformers for me I don't disagree with you I mean the Hawks definitely although they have had their injury troubles they are way uh, not way underperforming but underperforming where they thought they were going to be where we thought they were going to be and where the offseason moves kind of showed where they wanted to be as well and then for my next underperformer I'm going to look back over to the western conference and i mean i want to say i mean there's a couple teams that i'm teetering between and i'm thinking about saying the pelicans and I'm also thinking about saying the Timberwolves. What I'm holding back on saying the Timberwolves is that we knew they were going to be bad this year. I don't think that's mm-hmm. a surprise to anybody. But 7-29, and 29, worst in the league? I don't. I didn't know about that's that. Bad. That's, that's bad. Yeah, they're, it's getting to the point where the run they've had recently is like, it's like historically bad. Like, they're... They're getting to like dumpster franchise territory. It's, and I mean, I I don't even know. They've got, I mean, Anthony Edwards looks fine. I yeah. he doesn't look amazing. He looks good. It doesn't look as good as Lamelo, but I don't know. I don't hate him at all. Cat obviously, Cat's great, but he's had issues staying on the court. D'Lo, that trade is looking worse by the day. Hmm. And I love and, D'Lo, don't get me wrong. I'm the first one to step up for him. But just not having your pick and being that incomplete of a team just doesn't help you. 
Oh, it's crazy. Well, they have it if it comes top three, and as of right now, it looks like they'll probably be. I'll they'll definitely be top three pick again. So unless if it comes four, it goes to the uh, which team is it? Warriors. The Warriors, right? Which would be crazy if it fell to four did want to point out kind of going into this all-star break is the fact that the Houston Rockets have lost 13 in a row. Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah, I mean, they're a really happened. bad team. James Harden's man, James Harden is so good. We forgot. I I mean, we're watching the game live and we're watching James Harden do some amazing, amazing things here as this yeah. game's starting to close out. And let's talk. And I let's. I think this is a good point to give a little segment on James and kind of how he's looked since his transition to Brooklyn, his turn into the primary ball handler, making Kyrie the shooting guard. It's genius. It's worked out so well. He passes without minimal turnovers. He looks like a two K player out there on a two K team playing my team, just dummying everybody around him. They're having so much fun. I mean, I don't know what to say. I think James has the potential sneak into the MVP conversation this year. Oh, there's potential. Man, to me, James has just always been a top five player, though, and he just keeps on playing like he's a top five player. Like, this this isn't new for James. People just got so down and, like, almost, like, just... I feel like he got really lost by, like, in the translation of Giannis. Like, he, Loki, kept being on good, like, as good as he was when Giannis was great, people just totally turned their focus there, it seemed like, between the two. Steph kind of gets his own attention in his own right, but there kind of always has to be like this four, five, six guy. Um, Like, I don't know, Harden's just playing like Harden plays, I feel like, to me right now. But yeah, no, it's it's nice to see it. Just like, it's a confirmation almost, more than anything. It's just what you saw coming. And then, one more quick note on that. How do you feel about Houston saying they're going to retire his jersey? Do you think that's the right or the wrong move? Um, well, like, r- relatively, it's the right move. But, like, besides – and no, no, no. J- yeah, James Harden deserves his, to get his uh, uh, jersey retired in Houston, actually. My bad. Um, but, like, a side note, too many – too many jerseys get retired. It's kind of absurd in a way. Like, you don't have to have like ten numbers if your franchise has had like thirty, like forty years of existence. So, like, I'm not like unless if it's a crazy, crazy, crazy player. Like, for us, it would be obviously we would have to. Has Vince's number been retired yet? No, no, yeah. So Lowry's number has to be retired. So does DeRozan's, really. But even do they? I don't I don't like how you just retire numbers in franchises. It's kind of absurd. Well, I mean, I think we have to do Lowry's. Yeah, I agree. But definitely I, I just pray we never do Kawhi's. Although yeah, no, never do Kawhi's. That's a bit much. Exactly. I think it ha well the real question is what do we want it to mean as a franchise and that like each franchise kind of defines what they want it to mean as they raise the players up there. Do we want it to be just the best player that's played for us? If that, in that case, it would be Kawhi. Do we want to be the player who's played for us for a long time, 
chose to stay in Toronto multiple times over, came back from giving us like another chance, the team another chance after trading his best friend to win a championship, winning the championship with us being a huge part of that team, and then playing great into the latter part of his career. And being there to turn it around from taking us from an out of the playoffs to the into the playoffs team. Yeah, now that I think about it, it's Vince, DeRozan, and Lowry. They, those are Jersey. And then, like, I think it would be hilarious if they did a statue of Lowry outside the ACC. I don't know if I'm sold on Vince, to be honest, just because of the really? way he left. But hmm, that's a good. I kind of respect that mentality, like how it has to, like it, it, it doesn't have to do with his career, like his career here. I, like I back, but like, honestly, I, I kind of agree. There deserves to be like a certain respect when they leave. And like, regardless of whose fault it was more and like both sides were treated poorly and probably unfairly. And it didn't leave us in a good place. So yeah, I mean, that it's a, it's an interesting debate, but I feel like man Vince gets a huge standing out every time he's in the ACC now. Oh, I don't, I totally think he deserves that. Don't don't get me wrong, I think he deserves that, and I think he deserves to be celebrated as a Raptor. But do I think he deserves to have his number in the Raptors? Not yet. Maybe in a couple. Maybe might take more time, but at this point, I don't think I don't think it should be up there. I would actually back them doing DeRozan. Oh, sorry, Lowry's first. Like DeRozan and Lowry together first. No, I wouldn't be mad at that at all. And the thing is, right. it's hard to say with the the last last note on this, with the Vince Carter things, it's hard to say because I was so young when it happened. It makes it such, I guess, a more emotional thing than an actual understanding the business side of it. Yeah, for sure. But as a, it's just a, it's just a stain, I guess, on his Raptors career. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, do you want to get into the uh, a little window of the week action? Yeah, exactly. We might have one complete in some coming up time, but let's get started. Yeah. Um, we're going to do best moments, and it's just the game's just ending now. The second half wasn't too eventful. Um, we're just getting to the end of the All-Star weekend and we'll give you our best moments. We're drafting moments. I guess it's the not best, it's favorite again. They could be either really good or really bad. I'm happy to go for I'm who's going first? Here you start this one off. Alright, first overall pick, and I just I'm doing it because I don't know what I would do if you would take it, so I have to secure it. I'm taking the national anthem. Gladys Knight performing the U.S. national anthem. I've, I was my favorite anthem I've ever heard, and she was man. She's seventy six, and she like, she, she the energy, the vibe of the anthem was like it's actually it was unparalleled. Like I had never seen anything that I like I quite enjoyed like that. She like oh my god, it was perfect. So great to see. So that's it got me fired up for the game. Sometimes that happens. So, so yeah, I'm taking that first. I'm jumping the gun. I think you jumped the gun. Absolutely. I'm trading. I'm trading up for Chubisky. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As it just happened live, I'm going for Dame's logo three to win the NBA All Star game. 
happened as Evan was announcing the end of his pick. He hits the Dame Time celebration, points to the camera, double high five with CP3. I mean, come on. Easy pick. <laughs> yeah, I know. That, that's so Dame of him. Man, the, the period... Actually, I won't say this because it may. I may end up taking it. I'll, that was a good pick, though. It's, that's probably will be the best moment. I wonder... He didn't have a crazy game, but for that, with MVP, maybe. Probably not, actually. Sorry, go for it. I mean, with that being said, there's a couple other good ones, but one I do want to lock up because I know you're interested in it is Sabonis's uh, interview at the end of winning the skills competition, where she's uh, where the uh, poor interviewer goes essentially like, "Who'd you win it for?" And he doesn't really hear because she has her mask on. He's like, he, "Like, she repeats a couple times." He goes, "For me." I want it like for me, like that's who I want. Like just so like there seemed to be some sort of miscommunication, the whole awkwardness of it. Just, I don't, I, I thought it was hilarious the entire time. I appreciated that. That is a good pick. That is a good pick. All right. So that's two for you. I got two coming up then. I will lock up. I'll lock up like Steph Curry's performance, just Steph Curry. Usually you cannot find me standing Steph Curry, but like, I swear he was, he, he wasn't annoying in this all-star game, which was great. And like, there's something I love. I swear I used to watch the Warriors so much and I, I don't as much anymore. I love watching Steph and I never like, I hate to admit it, but watching him when he like, it's so easy for him. I don't know. I love to watch it. And tonight was just, Tonight was a nice reminder is all I'm getting at. No, I think that's a great pick. And a a lot of my picks kind of are Steph-oriented. And I'm lost now because obviously one of them was going to be Steph Swag in the three-point contest. He was unbelievable in that. He just wrapped it up so easily, made it look... Mm -hmm. I mean, even though it was close, he made it look easy. It looked like a video game. And then I wanted to talk about him and uh, him and Chris Paul's lobs and their dunking at the start of the first quarter. That was extremely entertaining, but I can't pick any of that anymore. So moving forward, I want to go kind of just on Giannis's performance. Performance. I mean, he, it wasn't, I guess, unbelievable, but as far as 35 points, 16 for 16 from the field, he just made it look so easy out there. And I feel, I know they're not playing hard defense, but just the size he moves, even when he is out there against the best, it's just a joy to watch how easy it makes it look. Yeah. I find, I find some players are super annoying all-star game players and it just, it is what it is. Like, that's just me. I find he's one of them. I really dislike watching him in the all-star game for some reason. So I'm I'm gonna downvote that uh that selection actually Thomas I'm sorry can't believe it Giannis was impeccable this year Nah you received the downvote from me but that's just me that's my that's my taste and he was the first pick snagged up on Team LeBron I mean you can't write it better than that Yeah I guess is he who will win MVP uh probably Giannis I'd say yeah just looking at the box score you could say Giannis you could say Curry Curry had 28 Giannis had 35 but 
Curry had. I mean, um, he he had 16 three-point attempts and eight makes. Yeah. Yeah. Man, All-Star, I'm just reading, right? All-Star teams drafted by LeBron are now 4-0. and It's crazy how they went through Steph. They went with Giannis. Now it's, uh, what's his name? Now it's Durant. It's crazy. Man, LeBron's dominance is hilarious to think about. No, I mean, we've touched on it so many times, how throughout every single, I mean, every single challenger, he's always come up on top. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Durant, there's been some times, of course, where you've wondered. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the picks, whose turn it is, rather. I I got my final pick. Okay. So with my final pick... I'm gonna have. I'm gonna have to. Oh, this is a tough one. But just surveying the field and just kind of trying to see what other moments we could get from it. I'm gonna go with the dunk contest and bringing back the uh, kind of previous winners as the judges. Although I'm not sure they did the greatest job in the world as the judges. There wasn't. It was, I think, an underperforming dunk contest overall nothing crazy really happened but as far as that the idea behind that and finally giving the fans what they want in that respect i thought it was genius so i'm glad they did that and so i'm gonna make that one of my top moments yeah so they messed up with the first grade of the the first kasha stanley dunk i thought that was like the best dunk in the first round a bit better than uh obi toppins but i thought it was the best the uh simon's dunk catching the ball off the top that it was great but like honestly it, it was not better than the other two they messed up there but other than that they were super good i thought they only gave one dunk like two that there was only like one dunk where it was like whoa that's too high for me i feel like they just give way better ratings and like it's just not controversial also how good is it to see like josh smith and jason richardson in the actual building no i agree with that that is definitely the reason why i had it up there and as far as the dunks, the Cassius Stanley dunk did get disrespected at the start. But as far as just a spectacle, the dunk contest and it's being a letdown I want to talk on. I mean, I was watching it with my girlfriend who doesn't watch too much basketball and hasn't seen these dunks before. So even though a lot of them would have been repetitive, it would have been her first time seeing them. And she thought it was a little lackluster and that Cassius Stanley one might have been the best one of the night in her opinion. And I don't think anyone would disagree with that opinion. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah, they, they got the judges right though. My last pick was actually going to be based on the dunk contest too, but a very um, niche pick, I'd say. I would say the videotape of Obi Toppin's father dunking. That was the coolest thing I've ever seen. The fact that Obi Toppin has a father like that is just—it's really good to know, and it warms my heart. It's just, it's like a nice confirmation that everything in like the world is like, just like it's going right for some reason. I feel like he, I love that he incorporated his dad into his dunk and I'm totally on board with you in that moment. I I wish his dad would have been like, I wish his dad threw down. They would do like a father, son, like done, like dunk, like um his dad dunks it top and catches it through the, the rim and then he dunks it. But it didn't happen. I agree with you. All I was going to say is that if he could have incorporated his dad into the dunk more, 
and just as a bystander getting jumped over, I feel like that could have upped his uh, or the just overall coolness memorability of this dunk contest. And with all this being said, Giannis is being awarded the MVP as we speak. Not much different than we expected. And is this is this his second MVP award or his first? Honestly, I'm not a hundred percent sure. I think it's his second one. Good for him. But sixteen for sixteen, impressive as always, especially when no one's paying that much defense. Saying nonetheless, how would you rate this All Star game now that it's wrapped up historically overall? Are you gonna remember it? Do you think it was well done? Any memorable dunks that we didn't talk about? And with these moments we've ranked, do you think any of them have this kind of long-term memorabilia that I've been going on about now? So I'd say the like theatrics and like whole spectacle and like look and visual aspect of it was actually done pretty well, which is personally big for me. I just I just like it when it's you know it's nice to watch, which they did, and they fixed the broadcast within the first quarter, like I said. But the gameplay, other than that stretch of like the double point card alley oop dunks, and then the Steph, sorry, Dame hits from half court, Steph hits from half court in the second quarter, like it wasn't that crazy. Like, I don't know. I just, it felt a bit underwhelming, which was expecting. I feel like I, I was going in, like, knowing it was kind of be like the, being going to be like this, and I got what I got, but it was still disappointing. I felt like. Very look, very like little few like game good gameplay moments. I'm gonna say I liked the compressed nature of it, how we could do it all in one evening because most times you end up missing either the game or kind of some of the skills competitions, but all one evening you're locked in for the entire, I mean, mid mid afternoon kind of to late evening for the game. And I don't think it was a memorable one just because of how uncompetitive i guess this game ended up being compared to especially last year's which will go down as the one kind of being remembered maybe not from this era but just from this time span of how as far innovative it was with introducing all these new rules and how close and competitive it really was so with that being said i hope that uh this podcast has i mean this episode has been higher than your expectations and ha- has been a better broadcasting experience than this year's 2021 NBA All-Star Game. And I hope you guys are having a great morning. I've enjoyed the evening recording from our side, getting that up-to-date action and news. You are listening to CFRC 101.9 FM and have a great morning. And you're listening to JB on CFRC 101.9 FM. Hello, I'm Tamara Cicerella, a counselor serving area residents who live with addictions or mental health concerns. Deeply committed workers like me assist people in reaching their recovery goals. On April 1st, Addictions and Mental Health Services in Kingston and Frontenac joins Lennox and Addicton in offering confidential quality services. Addictions Mental Health Services, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox, and Addington is committed to providing the best possible services to all who need it. For more information in Kingston and Frontenac, call 613-544-1356 
or in Lennox and Addington, 613-354-7388.